Welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. <laughs> and we are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And, uh, you know, this week's movie is, uh, and I'm going to be completely unprepared and uh, lie by the seat of my pants because this movie is very punk rock. It's 1984's Repo Man, mm -hmm. starring Harry Dean Stanton, Emilio Estevez, uh, Cy Richardson, I believe. Is yeah, it? And, Cy Richardson. And uh, a bunch of other people you've probably never heard of. Brief cameos by producer Mike Nesmith as a rabbi. And, uh, you know. And, oh, yeah, and Biff Yeager is very briefly in this, uh, you know, uh, the Bostonian Chicagoan from uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. <laughs> Girls Just Want to Have Fun. He plays a uh, research scientist with blonde hair who looks kind of like the love child of Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ned Beatty. It's pretty good. It's a pretty um, good one, yeah. And, uh, Allie, you've, I've seen this movie before a few times. Mm -hmm. it, it, it had been a while, but um, uh, always been one of my favorites. And uh you saw it for the first time about six hours ago, so clearly fresh in your mind. You can give a very easy synopsis of this very easy-to-follow movie. Oh, yeah, of course I can't. Um, if you've uh, seen Repo Man, you will, you will know there, the, the plot is not... There's just... There is no real... Oh, there's a plot. I mean, it's just, it's it's just, just weird. weird. I mean, okay, real basic. Emilio Estevez punk rock kid kind of you know doesn't really named Otto and uh he basically you know you can just tell like he just he doesn't really care he doesn't have ambition he doesn't whatever he go, you know loses his job eh, his parents are kind of hippies or smoking I think they're kind of more like uh Christian hippies is they're basically kind of religious like fanatic not yuppies but like just suburbanites that yeah have gone, that have fallen into like a televangelist a televangelist cult. cult exactly and so he really doesn't have he doesn't have much of a foundation and harry dean stanton drives up one day and is like dude come help me boost this car and he well. i mean I, we'll get to it exactly what happens and essentially i he, guess he says that in, in the subtext of it in the subtext of it and then uh, essentially Otto becomes this Repo Man, part of this Repo Man culture, which you will we'll talk about and we'll learn about. They're chasing a particular car because this particular car is uh, has a ha, uh, has a cash payout if they bring it in of twenty thousand dollars. However, we learn early on, as in like the first scene of the movie, that this car actually has something insane going on in this car um, that can vaporize people into dust and or, or just disappear um in the trunk of the car so they're chasing the car and craziness ensues so i, I think we should actually at this point like that's about as far as i can it's take about the plot it summary. i mean that really is about the plot yeah, summary. i mean you, you want to so get to the ending crazy, and it, it's yeah. got an ending that much like you know the ending of a you know an almost as good film 2001 uh, you know it's an ending that's open for interpretation you know there's a so. lot to say about this movie I, there's a lot to say about every movie yeah. if you're listening to our podcast so far. Um, <laughs> some of our movie times have actually, our podcast times have been probably longer than the movies we watched. <laughs> it's uh, so, possible, um, you know, but going back, like Repo Man, uh, just to give a little, a little weird bit of background for you know, the movie. Obviously, it was direct, written directed by Alex Cox, who uh, is mostly famous, I guess, for Sid and Nancy, oh, uh, right. a movie that's. A little overrated. I'm not, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge, you know, fan of uh, punk and the Sex Pistols in uh, the UK in 1976, 77, and it's, 
you know, it's it's kind of an uh, interesting little theme park version of that. But And Alex Cox has directed a couple of other movies, Straight to Hell, which has uh, Elvis Costello, Joe Strummer, and the Pogues in acting roles in it because he likes to cast non-actor musicians in parts in movies all the time. Um, it's also not very good. And I, I haven't seen Walker. It's got a great soundtrack, but it's, I hear, not very good. I think this is the only time I think Alex Cox really hit it out of the park. It's, it's I mean, it's obviously a satire. It's The film is not meant to be taken literally ever i mean it's it's you know close enough to accurate for uh everything i've ever seen about the la punk scene it looks like every like it looks like penelope spheres is suburbia it looks like decline of western civilization also by penelope spheres it doesn't look like penelope spheres is wayne's world but that was a little later and not i would say too that what i what i really appreciated about this movie and again with the whole the fact that it is satirical is that you really didn't quite know what kind of a movie genre you were watching you didn't know if you were watching a thriller you didn't know if you were watching a screwball comedy you didn't know if you were watching just a full-on straight-up satire with some black comedy and I mean you literally did not know what you were watching because there were some really clearly funny moments and some really clearly dark moments and some I mean, kind of horror moments. Yeah, I remember, I remember yeah I remember you briefly going at, like near not not at the very beginning but you're like is this a horror movie? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I'm like, of, well, not really, but you don't, it's not, not. I mean, it's got a sci-fi feel. Like, it's got a whole... It contains multitudes. It, it, oh, just like Mary Poppins. Just like Mary Poppins. And uh, we'll leave that cryptic for now, although maybe I'll tell the story uh, later. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, you if will. we If we can make sure your family's not listening or my family's <laughs> not listening, but it's a... Right on. It, it involves embarrassment. Uh, for her, not me. I, uh, I think oh, it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it's, um, anyway, getting back to Repo Man. Um, so so let's just start from the, the, the get-go. And it really does start out like gangbusters. I mean, I have yeah. to say it hooks you right away. Well, I, although I, I do remember, like, because it begins with silence for just a moment. Oh, yeah. You were like, is this movie sound screwed up? I was like, no, no, you're fine. Just, just make sure I'm, like, I'm like upping the begins, sound. Yeah, but, but then it begins with, like, the tuning up and goes yeah. goes banging into the you know the repo man theme which is an iggy pop song it's actually the great... lyrics you lyrics you don't hear till the end but you know i'd say the theme itself is actually pretty oh, great it's a great soundtrack really the movie the it, movie yeah. has like legit punk like bands from that time yeah you know it's got uh you know it's got iggy pop it's got uh circle, su- Jerk. circle jerks are in it uh, suicidal tendencies when they were actually a really good band right. instead of a crappy stoner metal band uh, institutionalized of course the one song everyone knows by them uh, it's got uh, an L.A. Uh, Hispanic punk band named The Plugs who aren't as well-known, but a great band. Uh, they do a lot of – and they did the score, basically, for the movie, too, yeah. which has a kind of a spaghetti Western feel a lot of the way through it uh, in a lot of ways. Like, like not completely. You know, it still uses, like, mostly electric guitar and, you know, you know, like, rock band instrumentation, but it has that sparseness. And uh, I mean, Alex Cox is a spaghetti Western fan. And he, I mean, Straight to Hell is a spaghetti Western uh, it, Walker apparently has elements of a spaghetti western. It's sh- this movie shot like L.A. is like those fields in Spain and Italy that they use for like the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's just this open expanse, yeah, lots of there's long a lot of shots, shots of this mm-hmm. grim, bleak urban landscape. Everything's dirty and you know just. I mean, it it really paints this picture of L.A. that it's unappealingly appealing mm. in my mind. It, it it it's it's beautifully ugly. It's it's it's. Contradictory statement, contradictory statement. Apparently, is <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying. You know, it's it's a it's basically this. It's like it's like you want to live there, but you never want to be there. Well, it so let's get almost. to that point. So we open the credits, and it's over. I immediately got geeky excited because the first thing that you see is that uh, '80s 
green that you saw on computer screens. Yeah, the black screen. The black with the screen green. with the green. Like, you know, I felt like I was back in, you know, I don't know, back in elementary school and then like Logan or Lo- Logan, whatever they called Logan. Logo. Lo- Logo. Logo Logo yeah. Rider with the turtle? Yeah, with the turtle was there because that was the color. If you're of under the age of 35, <laughs> you, know what I'm you talking have about. no idea what Logo Rider is unless you're an historian of very outdated oh, computer programs. And But this is what this is what we grew up with. You have and, to know what BASIC is, too. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I was just waiting for Oregon Trail to just pop up on the screen. And and funny enough, actually. This could have been written on a Trash 80. It's, I mean, it's literally, pretty... it's so, it's, it's a great moment, and especially for those of us who remember it. And, and, and it was almost like, because the, the, the first, the, as you're watching this you're seeing a map and you're not quite sure why you're seeing a map or what's going on and, and john will explain yeah, why it's that's like, this is something i actually picked up years later and i'm sure it's on the wikipedia page as well but it's like you know if you want to know dumb facts about this movie there's probably tons uh you know you know i glanced at it to remember the cast names but that's about it um but i know that uh the the, the sequence on the map is basically it's the, I believe it's the route that uh, J. Frank Parnell, the guy in the car at the beginning of the movie, has taken from Los Alamos, I believe, is the, the, the bay. I can, I've already forgotten, but uh, it's one of those big nuclear testing places. And it's the route up to whatever just outside of L.A. the car is at the beginning. Right. And the car is, a, by the way, a 64 Malibu. And I actually will never be able to see uh, Malibu again without – I always think, think of, this, of movie, this movie. Even though I – I have a uh, a friend involved with a great story about a Malibu being st- stolen, but not really that uh, anyone uh, who knows me probably knows the story if I've told it to them. I still think of his cars looking like that, even though I know it was not a '64 Malibu, and the the, the you know and it, you know and it has this mis- mysterious thing in well, the trunk. Well, we're not there yet. So so so. Uh, we no, were, I'm just letting you. Yeah, know yeah, yeah. We were at map. We were at map zone. So so. I want to get ahead. No, I don't want to get ahead. In a movie that's so linear like this. <laughs> Um, but my point is that 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 with the with this map and and not knowing what you're about to experience until as as he says it's one of these movies where later on you go back and you can really break down where w- things were happening which is in my opinion a movie I really that's something I really like about movies that are complex and weird and sort right. of avant-garde if you will right. in although we that, may be giving this too much credit given maybe, the rest of his uh, work I think it may have been a happy accident that it came out who so cares? good I still think but, um, I still think it was pretty I, I mean I still think that's pretty cool that you can go back and you can actually like m- not to make the pun intended but but map out you right. know, oh look at that! That kind of relates to that. Right. Relates to that. Right. So, so, so I, I geeked out about the fact that we were seeing, um, you know, the 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 green screen that or the green font writing right. color. So much that we've talked about it for yeah, what, uh, way too twenty much. minutes, thirty minutes. So whatever. we get, <laughs> so we get through that, and um, then you open up on on the big expanse that he was talking about as far as like as as the way that they're they're shot, and you see this. Malibu driving, and in comes um, and you see what's his name? J- J- his name is you don't find out till later. later but his name right. is Jay Frank, Frank Parnell, Parnell, who who's yeah, driving. He's played with... by a character actor who I every time I see this movie I keep thinking it's Dennis Hopper and it's not. He does. It looks and like what's funny is I, apparently Dennis Hopper was offered the role of Bud oh. that Harry Dean Stanton plays. Oh, well, makes sense. But Dennis Hopper was at that time in the mid eighties uh, such a mess. Yeah. I believe the the term is like you know just human waste uh, that they he was not reliable enough to play that role. Right. So that's how Harry Dean Stanton got the role, and I'm so glad he did because I mean I love Dennis Hopper, you know, but there Dennis Hopper could not have played Bud, no, Bud to, was... the, to the the level of 
Well, Harry Dean Stanton. So, so J. Frank Parnell is driving this yeah, and he's, Chevy Malibu. He's, he's got he's a weird sort of sweaty scientist. And he's, yeah, but he's got glasses, but they're actually if you you think because if you first see him, I, I I didn't notice it first. It looks like he's wearing eye, like thick eyeglasses that the nerdy hipster kind I have on right now, but they're actually sunglasses with one of the frames. One of the frames missing. is missing. You know, and so he's driving and he's I don't know he's talking to him, singing to himself, and then all of a sudden you hear you know. Sounds of a siren, and in comes this yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, cop a, a on chip. yeah a chip, and he and he pulls him it's, over. It's John, not Ponch. I would recognize Ponch. And know? he pulls him over, and he basically it, this was the part that got me. Like, uh, I, I I don't know. I follow the law for the most part. I mean, you know, nothing that's going to get me into trouble. You know, that I'm doing anything bad. But um, jo- John Nerd. John John's a little bit. Lucy Goosey with the law. Yeah, he's really so Lucy Goosey with the law. So, so I'm figuring he would know the answer to this. But this cop comes up and he bangs on the window and he basically, you know, asks the guy, you know, you know, what rolled on the window and they're chatting back and forth. And then he says, he tells the guy to open the trunk. And I'm thinking to myself, you don't have any. There was. It wasn't like there was. You know, there's no probable cause. There's no probable cause. Well, here's 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 the problem you you you're forgetting. In 1984, in L.A., in Daryl Gates's uh, LAPD, probable cause is the cop feels like it. Well, that's just <laughs> you know, not and, okay. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that's not the case now either. I yeah, mean, let's but... be honest. I'm not going to get too political, but you know, in all honesty, in the real world, cops do this kind of crap all yeah. the time. It bothered me the search and seizure yeah. for no reason thing, no warrant, no you know, yeah, no, no probable cause of uh, any yeah, kind. It, bo- anyway. it bothered me in the sense of. We live in a world where that happens, but at the same time, I was like, that seems realistic to me. I mean, you yeah, know? no, it didn't take me out of it like, yeah. you know, I, I didn't believe it. I was just more like, eh. But, but well, you already... all authority figures in this movie, when you get down to it, are, you know, either venal or corrupt or it's just true. terrible people. There, I mean, it's there's no, you don't trust any authority figure in this movie, like, or really anyone in this movie. No one, no one in this movie is really, like, a saint. So the cop, you know. uh, so, so, yeah. so J-, J. Frank Parnell says... Oh, you want to open the trunk? Okay, you you can go look in the trunk. Right, if you want you go right, you, you go right ahead and look in the trunk. Mm-hmm. And he opens the trunk, and that's our first moment they, of realizing this light just shines right, from out of the trunk. Yeah, and I, this this I feel like this this is like part of a genealogy of like mysterious bright things uh, that like goes back to maybe Kiss Me Deadly in the fifties. Uh, it's a Mickey Splane adaptation where there's a briefcase that has an atomic bomb in it, and, it, and they open you know they open the briefcase and there's just bright, bright light. light, and uh, there's uh, and you know it goes to this, and then I think I feel like Tarantino definitely took a page from both this and pro- and pro- probably both those movies. Yeah, you know for you know the Marcellus Wallace's briefcase, right? Because uh, you never see Pulp what's inside. Fiction. You just you just know something. Pretty, they do actually say what's they inside. They say, but you, you know. don't. You never get to see inside. Which is good because the movie had a very low budget. And yeah, anything that you actually saw in this movie that would have been absolutely. This movie had such a low probably. budget that there's a character that in the script was supposed to have a robot arm, but they ended up giving her one of those Michael Jackson gloves with the sequins all over yeah. it instead. Uh, and so, we're supposed to believe that it's metallic. Yeah, they talk so. about, ooh, you've got a metal hand yeah, in, in a, one of the mini scenes that are ridiculously amazing yeah. and awesome. So uh, anyway, the, the, cop opens, the cop opens the trunk and <sighs> boom. He's a pair of boots. He's, he's, yeah, he's a pair of boots. Boom, va- he spawns his boots after the, he drives the motorcycle off the cliff. Or yeah, whatever. I mean, he's basically. I'm making an obscure Happy Days reference and I don't know It's kind of sad that you're. It's not even the Jump the Shark episode. Yeah. So, um, and then of course the Malibu drives away, and you're like, "Ooh, what happened?" So then we meet Otto, who's uh, who's stocking yeah. and, cans, and, and you know why he's named Otto, right? Well, it's the same reason Otto in The Simpsons is named Otto, because his job involves cars. 
Ah. This this movie has some great naming. Yes. You know, <laughs> some great like you know all the all the all the repo men are named after beers. Yes. Which Ali figured out in the middle of the movie. I was proud of her. Thank you. I actually did not notice the first time because I didn't pay attention to anyone's name. Yeah. Because you know, it, it almost doesn't it. matter. <laughs> you know, but it's just you know it it's goes a, with it's that a whole little, aesthetic. Yeah, aesthetic. You know, the right. Movie. It's just so this, so he's he's stacking he's you know stacking cans or whatever he's doing with his buddy Kevin, played by Xander Schloss, uh, an L.A. guitarist who. Played with uh, the Circle Jerks. He played with Joe Strummer. Uh, he did not fit Joe Strummer's style at all. But and he's been in a lot of like movies, like Alex Cox movies, his bit parts, and a couple of a, a really awful movie that unfortunately is from the '90s, so it doesn't fit in our purview. Called That Darn Punk, that I would totally force Allie to watch, except I don't want to see it again. And ever. <laughs> in the stacking of these cans or whatever, you you learn that he doesn't really care, and you know his boss comes up and basically, um, fight. oh yeah, he, he pushes he pushes, he pushes Kevin oh, yeah, over. Pushes Kevin Kevin's over. being an annoying little shit. Yeah. Which kind of fits every character Xander Sloss played in the 80s. You know, he's being this annoying shit. You know, he's singing this awful song. And the funny thing is they are friends, as you see later actually, in the Actually, I just realized he's singing the 7-Up Jingle. He's singing the 7-Up Jingle, which is very – it's actually, I think, find that very interesting considering that as you get later on into the, to the movie, you start to realize that all of the stuff that they eat and drink – is generic. Yeah. It's literally generic. Oh labels, yeah, it's a total like slam on drink, like, uh, like food. You know, you know, the consumer culture, it's, right? Peaches, like whatever it is they're eating. It's I've, just my favorite like, is food, meat flavored. Yeah. I think is on one of them. Yeah. There's an ad at the liquor store where the sign just says "drink, drink. for a certain price." Yeah, it's very you know, funny. It's so it's great. It's I, I great. love it. It's brilliant. You know, but but everything think, has that public image but limited I, but album. But think cover about look. that because when you come into the shot, and I notice this immediately because I'm I, I think it's kind of fun to see which brands are obviously pumping money into the movie um, and I don't know that this is the case in this one I but don't this, think it was but this particular grocery store had Del Monte huge posters hanging from the ceiling there were like four of them and there was like one in every aisle for Del Monte I, I honestly and feel I, like and oh, go on. you can yeah so and and regardless of whether or not that was like well crap this is the only place we can shoot let's just get this Which shot it's probably what it is I think Del Monte I still was find the store. It, <laughs> I still think it's very interesting that considering what was going on and the fact that of all the things that this guy was singing he was singing something that was specifically a brand jingle like think about that I think there's a scene I'm not certain I think I heard somewhere and I've never looked to check but I think there's a scene later in the movie where Kevin's like playing with a TV set and that actual Seven Up commercial comes on. Oh, interesting! Like you know, it's you know, like and and, Kev- and Kevin's just part of like like everyone in that movie. Every, everyone in this movie is basically a consumer, part of the you know the commodity culture in some way. Right. It's you know like even the Repo Men who are like kind of like like outlaws and it, weirdly enough they're they're fighting for the system but they're presented like outlaws. So so know. they so uh, you know Otto pushes Kevin over the the boss comes in he fires Otto. he fires Otto and then he fires Kevin. Yeah because the security the security guard there yeah. uh you know uh who does not seem appropriately like a security guard at all. at all. He's got like long hair and like, you know just goofy looking. Wide-eyed, but, crazy but like man. you know, like he basically he, he you know he flips off the security guard. He, he says like you know fuck off and like goes out. Yeah. And what what's great is you know uh, Kevin's like what'd you do? You know, and then immediately uh, the boss goes well, you're fired too. And, and like, so ridiculous. Which is which is really kind of funny when you get down to it because Kevin gets fired for nothing. Yeah. And yet I feel no sympathy for him because Kevin's so He's damn annoying. So annoying for the whole movie. You know. So they leave and you know then we're in some punk scene and um, yeah they're in a, they're in a, and, and, and we have a, a, they're they're outside of a club yeah, they're I think, a in club a parking and, lot and, and there's and, and Circle the, Jerks graffiti which is like free advertising for the band in the movie. And then and then um uh to to throw a that and guy it's play, and it's playing the Circle Jerks are actually playing in the background when they're dancing. And then to throw a a, a that guy 
reference in um, for the maybe small portion of you who might know this name if you live in Chicago and or went to Roosevelt University or know well, actors or, or have watched a few, few not successful TV shows or uh, one that's sort of successful right now Graceland oh is it successful now yeah, I, I, I yeah. haven't watched it really. um so there's a there's a Steve uh, Lewis Grush lookalike who walks yeah. in literally and by the way, in, that's, and that's played by uh, Dick Rude who helped come up with the original storyline for this oh, and uh, has another Strummer connection uh, in that he met he met Joe Strummer on the next movie Straight to Hell and he directed a I'm a huge Joe Strummer fan I was just about he to just a, a sidebar anything a, that connects to Joe Strummer we hey will hey hey nobody it. nobody's here to listen to you we will Everyone, I'm pushing you physically <laughs> out of the way nobody's here to way. listen to you I'm. They're here to hear my boring stories. So, but he, he actually directed uh, Joe Strummer in a documentary uh, about his like last tour in America, not his last tour, his second to last tour in America called Let's Rock Again, which is a you know portrait of a guy who's trying to make a comeback and isn't really succeeding except in a small cult fandom, but like still loves rock and roll. And it's I'm a fan, but it's a nice little movie. It's nothing amazing, but you know. So we have this silhouette of this gentleman walking in. You need to let me talk whenever it's this podcast. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear you give a, a, a linear synopsis of Repo Genial, Man for an hour and a half. Gentleman walks in, totally looks like our friend, and so we were laughing about that. Um, and of course, he turns out to be one of these, one of the uh, part of the the group of punks that are friends with Otto. Right. So there's like three of them that they're like right. all buds. They, yeah, they meet. He's like, you got out of jail, and they're like, you know, they have their arm around each other, and they're yeah. slam dancing and doing like the grapple and all right. that, you know, like the punk rock dancing of the day. And it seems like they're the best of buddies, but in like five seconds. You know, like we go, we cut to Otto, who's in bed with. I think that's Debbie before her haircut. I but think I never it really is paid. too. I can't tell. Then she gets a haircut, but yeah. like, you know, and like Otto's apparently with Debbie and whatever, and then instantly, like, he leaves the room to like do something, and then his and then his and then his buddy, uh, I can't remember his name now, uh, Steve Grush. Let's just say, y- yeah. Congratulations, Steve. You were you were like. It's not Archie. It's the other one. It's the other one. Yeah. Uh, I could probably look it up if I, you know. Had... Doesn't matter. Um. Anyway, Steve Grush comes in. And... <laughs> Um, and he's now making out with Daddy. Duke. His Duke. name is Duke. Duke. <laughs> God, how did I forget that? I'm also a huge GI Joe fan. <laughs> <laughs> so Duke is, is making out with Debbie, and it's yeah, just and like, like eh. and you know, it's like, and Otto kind of does the, uh, you know, care. whatever, whatever. He goes back, you know, he goes through his sad life, and you know, he's he's trying to find a, he tries to go. Well, wait, well, he wait. wants to go back to school. He goes home wait. after that. Oh yeah, does to he go his, home after that? Yeah, he goes right. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. We'll get we'll yeah. get the whole pop. But the movie's very picaresque. If we if we if we move back to a scene, it won't really that's matter. That's true. You know, he goes to his house, and that's where we meet his zombie parents watching this televangelist Seriously. who's a running character on TV throughout the film. You know, uh, who's basically, I mean, he's a perfect dead on parody of every televangelist from the 80s. Oh, it's like It's funny because if, awesome, if, yeah. if you're too young to remember the 80s, you're going to think this guy is a really big exaggeration, but he's totally Jim no, Baker. He really I mean, is right And this on. movie came out pre-sex scandal for mm-hmm. Jim Baker. So, you know, it's not, you know, like they're not giving getting on for it's, being a pervert. They're just getting on him for being like a money-grubbing weasel. It's straight on. Send all of your money, which is essentially what happens with his parents. Yeah, yeah. Send all of your money to our church and we're going to then use that money to send Bibles to, you know, El poor Salvador countries, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever, yeah. you know and, and it was the 80s. So I'm sure it was El Salvador. Yeah, it probably but, was uh, El Salvador. You know, it's such a good you call. You know, but like basic and basically Otto's like, hey, dad, remember when you said if I graduated, <laughs> you know, I, you know, like college or whatever, I could, you know, you'd send me to you'd give me a thousand dollars to go to Europe. And, you know, well, I'm thinking of going back to school. 
and could you give me that thousand dollars right now? Which is not like the most blatant, transparent dad. I need money for beer line I've ever yeah. heard in my life. But the father's like, no, we gave all your money away, all our money away to the reverend. Yeah, it's like ridiculous. You know, now we're we're members of the like not not the Gideons, but it, but it, it's a it's an actual bit like it. What was it? It was uh, I. I now I'm gonna just go to my little thing. Um, uh, we're. Was it what? What there was a Bible term? Oh, the, oh, the, the chari- you're a chariot of, of fire. fire. Yeah, and, and, and that that gave me the best alley line where she just looks and goes, "Was he in chariots of fire? No way. He was in Saint Elmo's fire, <laughs> which was one of my favorite uh, lines I think uh, she's ever said. You know, and if I if I you know like if if we did in this podcast, I would have had to at least just tweet that because I you know that's one of my favorite habits. If you're following on Twitter, I, yes, I like to tweet like the to things tweet she says. Uh, but you know, so uh, you know, basically, you know, like. You know, like he's got his couch zombie parents giving money to televangelists, which may or may not have happened before it, or after the scene. The scene that it, really matters, which is well, he le- it, he's walking down the he's street, walking the street and in I have a to shitty say, neighborhood. In the shitty neighborhood. And oh, he's, he's drinking kicking, by himself. He's, doing, he's, and kicking, he's singing TV party by Black and Flag. And he's kicking this can down the street. And I'm going to tell you, it is the saddest kick the can game I have ever seen because there's no one else to play with him. Yeah, I mean, and just like. Destitute, I'm not saying nobody I've, there. I'm not saying I've never been alone and drunk and singing Black Flag because that would be a lie. Because I've probably well, been isn't alone. Isn't that how and, I met you? <laughs> possibly. Almost. I don't. I don't remember a lot. Uh, but you know, I mean, I've probably spent at least twenty percent of my adult life alone, drunk and, and screaming Black Flag lyrics while kicking beer cans. But this is a particularly sad one because we're in the middle of this bleak scape. And it is. You know? It's just there's just trash everywhere. It's just it's very despairing just sad. And, and you're kind of like, wow. You know what's going on, and then out of nowhere, we we have this Harry Dean Stanton drives up and basically <laughs> throws him a line about like my wife is pregnant with twins and I need help getting the car moved. And Otto and, doesn't really buy it, but he also no. doesn't really give a shit. And he pro- and promises to give. First he says he'll give him ten bucks. Then he says he'll give him fifteen. Uh, no, he, he says he'll give him ten bucks and then uh, or something like that yeah. or fifteen. And then Otto's like, yeah. Oh. I'm not doing it for less than 20. He goes, 25. Yeah. And so, I was like, all right. All right. <laughs> so he boosts this car. And, uh, um, you know, the line, by the way, is he needs to drive his wife's car to the hospital because he's got to take his wife and he doesn't want to leave her car because she's right. pregnant and about to pop. In a really twins. bad, and they're in a really bad neighborhood. And they're in a really bad neighborhood. You know, and he's like, well, where's your wife? He's like, well, I got to get her. You know, I'll, we'll pick her up, but we'll you know, we got to get, we gotta get the car. You know, it's like the biggest bullshit story totally, in the history obviously. of the world. So he gets in this car and he's driving and, um, First of all, I just have to point out that, like, what I love about all the cars that we get to drive in this, for the most part, are these big, like, station wagon, land yachty, enormous well, that's what cars. cars. Were, I know, know? but not all, not every car. And these are, and mostly, the, I mean, the, you know, and but like, oh, but this one is great because it's also got like the Mary on the dashboard and that big round it's compass, got this huge compass that, like, and, I'm looking at it, and I'm going. We had that compass. And whenever he gets up. in the car and starts it, you hear this guy come running out yeah. of nowhere, you know, and he's like screaming in Spanish and like there's this, and a, a song by the Plugs comes on, uh, you know, because they're a Hispanic punk band. It sounds kind of like bouncy and jaunty and very like Tejano sounding or Mexicano-y, you know, whatever, you, mariachi, ranchero, whatever the style of music is. But I, I'm not good with that, that style, those it's, styles. You just but keep going, baby. I'm going to say as me, I love Mexicans. They are good people. <laughs> Keep on going, honey. I you married. Know, that. I am not anti-immigration. Uh, okay. You know, don't believe in borders. Okay. Uh, but um, <laughs> wow, I'm not Lou Dobbs. Um, wow, that's a dated reference. Um, is Lou Dobbs alive? You know, hon, I don't know. 
was he know. ever really alive? Well, or was he just a puppet of himself? Um, so anyway, like Otto floors it, he starts laughing, throws the Virgin Mary out of a window, and they in, she ends up they end up at this imp- impound lot from the, I believe it's called Helping Hand. You know, Helping Hands something association. Yeah, it's H H C A. I don't remember the C part. Like like, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, they get in there, and and you know, he has to you know. They, to get his money, he's got to show his driver's license, and they're asking him questions, and all the people mm. are in there, and they offer him a they offer him a beer, ju- beer. Is a, it a actually can of beer, beer. A, can, can a can of, of beer. beer, and it's you know white, blue, white, white with the blue, blue stripe, stripe, you know. And so they hand it to him, and and, and he's like, oh, "You guys repo men." I, that is not how Amelia. Well, the, the, he, not he, how West no, he, he doesn't say like. Oh, good. He, he says it more like. <laughs> What are you guys, Repo Man? He's and really he's like, flat. Yeah, he's real flat. He's very flat affected. And movie. so they, they, and of course they're like, yeah. And then he's like, and he takes the beer and he opens it. And of course he pours it out on the floor. Because he's punk rock, he's man. He's punk rock, <laughs> yeah. And so. Um, my, my, my wife has heard rumors of a thing called punk rock existing, but, uh, you know, it's I, it's I'm sorry, it's I don't listen to the hard rock. No, no, of course not. <laughs> so, uh, th- and then, of course, you know, these people are coming in and out. And it's, it's you know, he starts to see that. Okay, there's a there's a culture here, but he's not interested. He's not interested in being part. Well, of he doesn't the want to be part of because because you know, like most people, he has a hatred of repo men. Right. Because repo men take your stuff. Take your stuff. They, right. And they and they usually prey on the people who can't pay their bills. They're like they're basically parasites in most people's minds. So but as he's leaving, he runs into who we find out later is named Miller. Miller oh, well, well, before he oh, before he leaves, there's I'm a great sorry. line where he's Go like. Ahead. I'd never. They they're like you need a job, kid, and he's like I'd never be a repo man. And yeah. and then uh, Marlene hands him the money and says, you know, like hands him the money that you already are. You, yeah. It looks like you already you are, are yeah. you know. And he's like, Ugh. and so you know? he walks out and he he runs into Miller, who's going into the car that he had just boosted. And Miller is yeah, and Miller is uh, he's the, like he's, the like, he's kind of the mechanic handyman. Yeah. You know, he's kind of a space cadet, probably an acid casualty. But he doesn't drive, which we find out later. But you learn that he actually doesn't drive. He he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he's a great really. character. Um, and and he, he basically goes in and he he makes a he he pulls out. Okay, one of my favorite. Like, wow, this. I wonder if this was a reference for later too in in later movies as well. He pulls out the air freshener and he hands it to. Um, uh, to Otto, and he says something to the effect of, "You find one in every car, or you find them all the yeah, time." Yeah, you find one in every car. car. Like, and and Otto's looking at it, and he's sort of flipping it over. And in my brain, I'm going, "Now this is at least the second or third time we've seen an air freshener." <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am, I'm only half joking when I say I think I heard somewhere that the like the one of those companies that makes those tree air fresheners actually may have sponsored this movie which which doesn't surprise me that that would be why they're but it's, a, it's a, but if it, it isn't it's just a funny it thing it feels like a great it's a symbolic great thing and what I, and in my brain if you've seen the movie Ocean's 11 the the modern day one with George Clooney and Brad Pitt uh, you know that the shot of seeing the air freshener close up is kind of a big plot point in the twist of the heist that happens later in the in the movie not to spoil that in any way. Um, Wait, there's a heist? <laughs> is that what Ocean- I thought it was about? Eleven guys going to the beach. So, um, oh my god, but I, that, that changes was, everything. But what I liked about that is I thought to my that's Steven Soderbergh, right? And I thought to myself, wow, I wonder if that yeah. was a, I, I had to have been. I have somebody no idea. Actually, that. it might have been Barry Soderbergh. I don't even. I don't know that, that could have been Barry Levinson, uh, <laughs> um, Blake Edwards. <laughs> Edward there's, Rob, there's, Robinson. there's I have no almost idea. what looks like shot for shots um, of that, just that moment um, happening that right. have to be taken. Sort yeah. of like we said, Tarantino's right. taking the and, and and for me, actually, like my favorite part of that is it just keeps coming back. Like there's an air freshener on one of the motorcycles. There's an air freshener, an air freshener on, a door? on a hospital bed do- yeah. door later in the, the movie. Oh, oh, spoiler, stuff. there's a hospital in this movie. Uh. Okay, uh, so, you know, anyway, like, so, you know, basically he kind of, he rejects it first, but more or less... You know, he he kind of gets 
sucked, sucked in. right in. And oh, and you you oh, and you also meet Layla, Lila, Lila. Oh, you don't meet Layla yet. Uh, oh no no, no not yet. He's got to get in. He, oh, because he goes into the repo code well yeah, before he's that. He's got to learn all about the code, and we go from and day and to night. To I day love to night. the I love this scene because. I, I mean, it looks like it could be a mistake in continuity, uh, but I think yeah. it's, but I know I don't think, I think it's on purpose because basically while they're talking, it's like they talk, it's day, the sentences keep going and then they're, then they're, then it's night and the, and it keeps going. And it, I feel like it's supposed to show passage of time as he's training That's, him because then at the end, there's a line where it's like talking about like the, like I can't remember the context of, I think it's hours they're working and, and Harry Dean Stanton says something like day, night, that's all the same. No, it's when they go in to go get, get drink yeah, from get drink. from from the yeah, convenience buy store. Some drink from they convenience buy some store. yeah, they go to buy the drink from the convenience store and he says to the guy, "Have a good day." And yeah. then oh, yeah, and like, then it says day, night, night, what does it matter? Yeah. If that's true and it really was like that's supposed to be the passage of time. Wow. Well done. Well done. I bold. think it was. I mean, and I maybe I'm maybe I'm being I kind and forgiving. No, way I too I, much I, credit. Well, I, the opinion. fact that that line comes right after that scene, mm-hmm. I think I think that was supposed to be kind of a thing. You know, and, and and during this, you get like a lot of these uh, bits of the Repo Man code, right? Which Harry Dean Stanton is clearly adhering to, and he says all Repo Men follow this code. And his his conception of Repo Men is this like they're they're more like these like uh, they have honor in a, in a world without honor, which is kind of the reverse of how most people look at Repo Men. You know, it's like you know, it's like you you know, he's like I never broke into a car, right? Never damaged a car, you know. It's like you, you, you know, don't he actually, get you don't get shot over a car. You don't get shot. Only an a, only an asshole gets, gets shot, killed, gets right, killed, killed over, over a car. car. You know, he's like, you know, he doesn't confront people. He doesn't fight them. He just gets their car, however he can. You know, and he does. He even uses a line that's basically like Asimov's first law of robotics rewritten. You know, it's like a repo man shall not ha- cause damage to a car or uh, through his inaction allow a car to be damaged. <laughs> you know. And it's apparently, supposedly, uh, Alex Cox uh, got a lot of these re- the, these bits of the Repo Man code because he worked for a while as a Repo oh. Man. And supposedly, the, like these are conversations he had with some of his fellow Repo Men that, like, you know, not not one guy, but like it's an amalgamation of things people had said, you know, and like they, you know, and 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 Bud kind of thinks of Repo Man. Bud is Harry Dean Stanton's character, in case I, we didn't say it. Bud thinks of being a Repo Man as kind of this noble calling because he believes in the system of credit. You know, and that, you know, like that America, you know, like America's built on this and America's greatness. This is later in the movie, but I'm just combining it now because it's all his speeches. I'd rather get it out of the way. Right. You know, so, you know, a good American pays his debts, you know, you know, like he, he's proud of his good credit later in the movie. You know, he's he, and, and Otto and he have a discussion later about communism. And, you know, he's like basically, you know, he's like, you know, if you're in Russia, you wouldn't, you know, you know, like. People in Russia, they can't pay their de- their bills or whatever. And, and Otto's like, they don't have bills. Everything They get everything for free, you know, communism. And he's like, what? You know, are you a communist? You know, no. He's like, good, because I wouldn't let any communist in my car. Christians neither, yeah, <laughs> you know, which is – or Christians. Right? Like, like, it's just such a great line because he's, like, so ins- – he, he sums up, like, this, like, weird borderline right-wing outlaw feeling so perfectly. You know, this, like, kind of like this – semi-libertarian sort of like like he's like he's like in like in in the old west he would have been a bounty hunter Mm -hmm. you know kind of feeling you know and that's his code but he has his code you know and what he does may be distasteful but it's you know but he he thinks the people who can't pay their bills are even worse because they're making promises they can't keep 
So, you know? so, and he says, and this comes up a few times. He says in this whole thing, you know, Repo Man is always intense, or Repo Man lives oh, an yeah. intense life. Yeah, so. Repo Man's life is always intense. You know, which is, which is, I guess, true. The movie, the movie really does kind of play that up. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's not long after this that um, you know, you start to learn that Otto is, you know, they go sometimes it's a two man job, sometimes it's one man job, but Otto is often with Bud, and he's learning this sort of code from but he's Bud. Not always with he's Bud. not always with Bud. Sometimes he's with Light. Sometimes he's with some of the other guys, but. Um, um, in one of these deals, he's boosting a car and he is driving away and um, sees a girl, <laughs> sees a girl running, just running. Yeah. And he, you know, and, of course, and he had taken this, and this car is like a nice, like it's yeah. it's a sleazy nice. It's yeah. like a, it's like it, it's it's a trashy nice yeah, car. Trashy you know? nice like car. it's 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 like just red and like I think they're white interior. I think so. Yeah. You know, and you know he's pulling, and you know he's basically. You're like, hey, baby, want to ride? Yeah, right. You know, and she's it's like so trying, so, and she's like, no. And she's but, like running for her life. It's yeah, and she's hysterical. obviously nervous and scared, but not yeah. of him. She's no. just kind of like annoyed by him. But yeah. like, you know, and he ends up crashing into some trash. And there's this great scene with a woman yelling at him because he didn't look where he was going. But the crash was in the street. And he's like, but the trash is in the middle of the street. He's like, oh, it's not in the middle of the street. It was in the corner. Yeah. And she's like British, Irishy. You know? And of course, of course, crazy. You know, girl has stopped. You know, to watch this weird. You know. Yeah. And so he, she ends down. up taking a ride. She from takes him. the ride from. Him. But what? So so this is how I'd like to describe her. Her name is Layla. And she, or we, Lila. I think she might be Lila. I don't know. It sounds I like she I says think they Layla. say both. I they think say both in there. But but this is how it could be scr- Lincoln Hawks. It could this be Lincoln is, Hawk. We don't this know. Is, <laughs> I, I I describe her as sounding like um a, a slightly modulated down Kristen uh, Kristen Shawl because. Modulated she, down, really? Just a little I feel bit. like it might be modulated up. I don't she's think shrill. so. She is, I mean, well, Chris, but, and also she has a little bit, she's, she speaks a little clearer than Kristen Schaal. Well, Kristen Schaal less has of a girly lisp? She has a lisp, yeah. This, this girl does There's not have a There's a reason she does little girl voices well, on cartoons. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, she pulls out, she's she's there trying to hide because these guys, some guys pull up beside them and they're looking for her and she's, you know, hiding in, you know, you know, on down under the seat and she pulls out a, 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 um, a picture and she shows it to Otto and she says, this is why they're after me. And it, I mean, you really, you can't it looks make, like sausages. it really does look like sausages. And he's like, it looks like sausages. And she says, well, actually aliens. aliens, alien corpses or whatever. Yeah. And and, and the best, I, my favorite bit there is whenever uh, he's like, you know, it's like, you know, the world's going to find out about this. You know, he's like, what are you going to do? Put him on Johnny Carson. And, mm-hmm. and she just answers, yes. Yeah, and I you know what's funny right. about that. That seems like a joke. But in all honesty, exactly like, what, what would, would you happen? do in 1984 if you want everyone in the world to see something? You, you put, put him on, on Johnny Carson. Carson. I think, exactly. you know, I think she had not, not the word. I mean, she's insane. But you know, so they they he she he drops her off at at her place of business, which is the United Fruit Outlet and the fruit, fruit cake outlet, fruit cake outlet, right? The United Fruit Cake Outlet, and which the, is by the way, you, there's a double joke in that the the obvious one you're about to tell. Yeah, in the way that they even make the sign is actually well done because it's obviously the U <laughs> with a space. Flowers by Irene. Yeah. Literally, you know, the F for fruit and then O. You know, it's like it's so obvious that yeah. you're lo- what you're looking at. So she's obviously working, you know, in this, this, pr- this yeah. agency. That what's like, your what's your other? Well, one? the other thing is United Fruit was a because Alex Cox is also kind of a left wing guy. And, no, you know, he's like he's his movie Walker is like a weird Alec. It's a it's a half historical, half allegorical tale about Central America. And United Fruit was uh, the this you know huge you know corporation that was basically helped uh you know like like the u.s work with the u.s government to overthrow a lot of like leftist regimes mm. you know you know back in the day i believe uh, i believe in, in in 1954 and um in 
was it my brain is forgetting which one it was i think it was nicaragua but uh you know they they overthrew united fruit fruit was basically one of the companies behind you know that overthrow because they were nationalizing the fruit industry you know a banana republic you know so there's also that because alex cox is a very you know is a very left-wing kind of guy you know and like I don't think he's a great filmmaker, but I think he's a weirdly smart guy who, you know, is not going to put something like that in randomly. Right. This movie has a lot of very calculated, like, background signs and, you know, like, things playing on the radio, you know, whenever they're going places. Well, you you said the thing about we see a bus at one point that says City Edge. Edge City. Edge City. Which is a reference to, it was the American name of his first film. And an Edge City is, like, a term for, like, these it's a term it's a it's a it's a city planning term that you would never actually call an area edge city for real but it's like it's a sociological term pardon me mm. like for like an area that for some reason has developed a small like like it's got businesses but it's a, it's but it's a way it's a pocket of success in a, in an otherwise economically dead area you know like a like a weird strip mall that gets customers right like in it, in an area with nothing else, with around, nothing it. else around it, so right. it's 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 you know there's a lot of little bits and pieces like that in there where it's just there's in, it's a combination of in jokes and whatever the the license plate to uh, the car and Alex Cox is uh, if I'm not mistaken British um, and the license plate of the Malibu is one two seven GBH and GBH is both a British punk band and it's a British police uh, abbreviation for grievous bodily harm mm. so they're like I, I'm that's a lot of stuff there that's you know. You could you could be like the sh- those guys who did that Shining documentary and come up with all sorts of things that were sure. possibly intentional, possibly unintentional. This movie definitely some of it's intentional. You know who knows how much. Very soon after this, we we learn of uh, another a book that's out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I, here's what I think is so great about this: you never see the book written until towards the end of this movie. You never actually see a physical copy of this book, but they talk about it. And, and I'm going to yeah. give you the name of Light, it. In a second. Light I'm, talks about it actually. In that yeah, scene. I'll, 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 and I'll give you the name of this in just a second. But what I find really funny is that yes, the word that they use for it is an actual word essentially, but it you know exactly what he's talking about because the book he's talk the book that he describes is a book called diuretics again mm-hmm. a word that could mean something yeah, totally else uh, something that but drives ha- you out but but but, but um I anyone think we else all know, know, I think know we all what know we're talking about yeah. yeah okay so we'll just keep it at that what's great that you want to work in hollywood so you're not gonna yeah, say i'm not gonna say else. anything i don't have nothing else to say <laughs> you know. about that and uh you know like that, that that's actually one of the big scenes where he's talking with cy yeah one of the one of the times and the best thing i mean i said cy cy richardson's the actor Light. light is it bud and light come bud on john come remember on. that but light is light is like basically the exact opposite of bud he knows totally he's a, different he knows philosophy. he's a glorified car thief yep. he doesn't give a damn about like this law of honor or whatever it's just a job you know he'll you, he'll do whatever means necessary he'll break into a car he'll pull a gun on someone you know he he, he doesn't care he needs the money he doesn't he, you know he he's not he's not suffering any illusions that he's some sort of like romantic you know figure and like this outlaw figure in a world you know that doesn't understand you know he's just a guy who's like you know it's like you know like as 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 he says you know like of their of some competing people that bud hates the uh, rodriguez brothers los hermanos rodriguez you know that um he says you know they're car thieves just like us mm-hmm. you know yeah, and, and you know, so but so I, I just and 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 like you know, and, and basically, Psy is a proponent of diuretics, and 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 a pretty awesome moment of the of the of the film is they boost this car and they're in there and and it's him and Otto and he's telling him this whole thing and Otto keeps finding these things in the car, wrapped gifts and so he he goes to open it and instead of opening the gift, 
because uh, lights in the middle of his his philosophy, whatever he's talking about. He takes it the gift and he throws it out the window, and another car rolls over it, and you realize that what's inside is stacks of cash. Yeah, and they're just throwing money just out throwing of the window because they have the no idea, and it's 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 not connected with anything. No, it's a throwaway it's thing, a great but it's, it's it's such a great symbolism of how they don't give a they're 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 living their lives without really paying attention to anything. Yes, exactly. You know, and it's. I mean, it's it's great, you know. And then soon after this, we get into what is one of my favorite parts of this movie: is Miller's, Miller's Miller's philosophy, philosophy lesson. Oh God! And, and the, the best part is they're like in like the culvert of like the uh, the L.A. reservoir that you see in every movie yeah. and every TV show from the '70s that has a car chase. And and Miller, by the way, Miller looks like a guy I used to work with at this pizza <laughs> shop so much. And that, that guy was a little bit. Like a little bit spacey and had some interesting ideas, but not like not like Miller at all. But so, but every time I saw him after, like, well, not after, see, I saw, saw Repo Man before I met him. But like every time I saw him, it was so hard for me not to ask him about a plate of shrimp. Yeah, which is it's this Miller goes in this this like it starts about this whole thing about like you think you know like you think of things like you think of a sentence like plate of shrimp and then you'll see plate or shrimp. Or played a shrimp. <laughs> he goes in this whole thing about the whole universe being, you know, like, like being is it a coincidence this, or like, is it yeah? Is it a coincidence? Like, they, like, and they say they're UFOs, but they could be time machines. And his belief is like, you know, people are disappearing all the time. Where are they going? The past. People are showing up all the time. Where are they from? The future. You know, UFOs are time machines. That's how we, you know, and, and like, and meanwhile, they're just. There's a bonfire in like a yeah. in, in, in an a oil drill. drum. Yeah, like a drum. No, yeah. Yeah, it's an oil it's, drum. Yeah, yeah. Like, like like the homeless people fires, and, and they're just throwing clothes, clothes. random. They're and I'm like guessing it's clothes, clothes that they from uh, that they pulled from their I impounded guess. cars. But, but it's, it's just like it's like sun hats and like like nightgowns, and they're just and they're just talking. And Miller's like moving it with a stick, and and that's where you learn Miller doesn't drive because yes. he thinks driving makes you stupid. Yes, he takes the bus everywhere because he can think, you know, and. Uh, I think, and Otto's like, you did a lot of acid, didn't you? <laughs> you know, and, uh, and you know, and, and and Miller does seem like the the perfect acid casualty. He's so so perfect, you know, and you know, and and of course Miller, he's another one of the of the beer name people. The fourth being Ollie or Oli, which I believe is short for Olympia. Olympia. Mm-hmm. It's the water. Um, and oh, you know, we we kind of did not get into uh, that. I forgot. Speaking of uh, members, is there's a a the security guard cop ex cop oh, yeah. guy uh, Pletchner. I love how much no one likes him. It is so glorious because he's that he's that you know these guys that he he probably couldn't make it as a cop and now he's a security guard and he's got the, but he's got that cop mentality and right. he's just such a you know an overbearing you know like full of himself guy but just everyone just tells him to shut up yeah. constantly yeah. and at one point like Otto tells him to fuck off and Pletchner gets in his face he's like you don't tell me you know whatever and Otto just blows him off and then and then he's like and and then uh and then right after that light tells him to shut up and it's yeah. just it's so perfect cuz he's he's it's it's fun to see a mustachioed cop-looking guy just get shot down every time he tries to like show off his uh, his manhood. It's a great know? example of of showing authority. You know the the, the yeah. This the movie wheel. has no respect. There's for no respect figures. for authority figures. It, so much so that there's a later scene and it doesn't mean anything at all. But it just he happens to be the one closest to the camera. The way it's being shot in this in in this scene. <laughs> And, he, and Pletchner is sitting there, and he's knitting, but it's very quiet. And if you don't really pay attention, because the, the scene that's important is happening between Bud and, uh, and Oli in the back of the shot. And, and that's really where your focus should be. But he's sitting there 
freaking knitting and you maybe catch it or maybe you don't but it's such a wonderful moment and that I, to me that was such a great example of like okay i see where this i, I see where we're at yeah yeah it's it, again this movie like everyone's incompetent or like the authority figures are either people like uh, like Oli, who you're not even like it's it's he's sort of the boss but not really at one point he fires uh harry dean stanton and harry dean stanton says he's never coming back and then the next scene they're in a car yeah working. like all working like it doesn't like matter you know like and and he's really the best of it. And then there, meanwhile, um, you know, as we're going on, it turns out Lila is being pursued by this mysterious, obviously government agency, probably the CIA. I right. believe it, later in the movie, I think it becomes obviously the CIA. Yeah. But she's being followed by all these blonde men in mirrored sunglasses. You know, and and they're connected with the lady who has. There's the, the lady with the robot with, arm. With who's the robot doctor arm or whatever. I can't remember her name now, metallic. but it's like Doctor Evil person. It doesn't even. It matter. doesn't matter. It's not really important. Uh, Seriously, not important at all. Which is so bizarre. Like it. Well, and that's the thing is even the, even these weird this weird shadow government agency they do a lot of damage towards the end of the movie, but they're honestly just as incompetent as everyone else. Like they're all. Everyone's everyone's kind of venal. No one's that likable in this movie. Yeah. And yet I kind of like everyone in yeah. this movie just about because they're they're all like just they all have their their own crass motivations for everything. So everyone's hunting like by this point everyone's found out about the car. Right. And, and everybody and the car is kind of just drifting through town. People see it. Uh there's a bit of thing where it'll get sto- it'll get repoed by someone. Like like he'll get out of it cuz the car's really hot. Yeah. And Parnell is clearly losing it yeah like he's going crazier and crazier in this car he's sweating profusely you know he's getting weak you know he's he's just and he's just driving it around town in various places it just shows up and like like you know like the rodriguez brothers try to catch it at one point and they end up they end up boosting it for a while and then um and then and then it gets it gets stolen from them by the punks who are who who have been periodically committing robberies uh, all around town town. and they're just the dumbest people in there it's funny because this movie like is made by someone who's definitely sympathetic to the punks and has like actual punks in it but the punks that they actually use for like the main ones are the biggest, dumbest, like, they're so, which is fine. It actually works very well for the thesis of the movie, which is basically they think they're badasses and they're not, you know. So, you know, it, it, you know, like, they steal the car for a while and and it it, it just keeps getting stolen back and forth. I will say this one moment. When the Rodriguez brothers do steal the the car and they they pull it up to a a place because the, the one guy's like it's really hot in here I don't know why it's so hot in here and he get, he gets out to, he wants to go check the trunk and we all know what's in the trunk and nobody wants anybody to check the trunk because that would be bad um, even the Rodriguez brothers who we don't really like but we still don't want anything to happen to them it's very bizarre um, he, he the guy gets out to go get a soda at you know whatever you know food you know emporium if you will is there yeah. and the other guy goes into the phone booth yes phone booths are a big oh, yeah, thing phone in this booth movie appears, yeah um, there's no twa sightings though. no twa sightings but lots of phone booths so he goes in um and uses and the other guy goes in to use the phone and in the meantime um that's when the punks come this is this is when the punks are running from another you know crime and that they find the car and they go to boost it but right as you see the the one guy go in to get the sodas and the other guy go in to, to make his phone call, I'm reading the sign on, like, you know, like an advertisement sign that's like, you know, like a piece of paper posted on this fast food joint. And it says, Plate-O-Shrimp. Exactly. Very interesting. Right. Right. Flying saucers Flying, have landed. Exactly. On a plate of shrimp. 
Indeed. <laughs> so yeah. hey, um, Miller may know more than more than you know. Yeah. You know. So that so yes. Yeah, so they boost the thing. Um, there's I don't know. There's a whole bunch. Like there's a, there's whole a whole bunch of picturesque adventures. I mean, like Otto Otto tries to uh, steal a car from the uh, the old woman from two two seven. And but he but he goes to her and he tries to do like because they all they try they all try different, different tactics, tactics and right. with her he tries to pull he's dressed up in a suit with a briefcase and he's just with her and it's basically. You know, the you know she's he's telling her you know I don't want to take your car you know but I'm gonna get fired yeah. if I don't take your car you know uh, so you know and then and like if you could just try and, and she's like oh so you need me I guess I could try to make a payment you know and she's all sad and whatever you know she's and then curlers and, she, and, and, the and, and on the way there he had passed a bunch of like guys on scooters who are actually uh, like and and you know who are actually I believe in the band the Untouchables and you know and and. Like you know, and you know, which is a ska band from the eighties, and uh, but you know, but like, like he passes those guys, goes to her, and then the the band comes into the, the house. house. It's like all these big guys carry musical instruments, and there's more than just the band. There's a couple of other like uh, Chuck Biscuits, who's a very well known drummer for uh, DOA, was briefly in Black Flag, is mainly known as the drummer for Danzig. Uh, when you know in the nineties, uh, he's I'll one of them. I'll take music trivia from now. Hey, you know what? People care about this thing. Some people listen to music that's better than Billy Joel. Um, so you know. Um, so anyway, they're all in there, and in- you're welcome. Welcome to Bickercast. <laughs> So so and he's like put like the and Emilio Estevez who's not the best actor in the world and in, in really anything he is I think he, like this may be his best role you know yeah but like you know he's he's not a great actor you know I never thought I'd say this but Charlie is actually a better the better oh, Sheen brother actor yeah. but there was a time when Emilio was the bigger star you know so oh, you know, you know. Was, yeah. but uh but really, you know, like, you know, like Emilio does some pretty good business with these trying to close the, the briefcase. He's it's freaking out because he's not a big guy, no. you know, and all these guys are like monsters. They're like eight feet. Yeah. Like they really it, seem like they're he's just surrounded. Like, and they're all thuggish looking. They're in like suits, but they're, and they're know, just staring. And they're at just him. staring at him. Just, like, and like creepy. some of them are clearly family members. Some of them are friends. You know, they're all just like looking at him. And he's like, well, and she's like, did you like the tea? He's like the tea. Oh, oh, it was very good. You know, and he goes out and like, you know, like he's like, I'll come back. He's like, he says he's not going to take the car today. You yeah, know, and then you know Shut he up. leaves, and then you hear through the window she's yelling at them about where's that money I gave you and blah blah blah. You know, and she, he realizes that she was full of shit about playing the nice lady. Right. So he goes to jack her car anyway. He's like, you know, kind of screw her. And then he, he starts the car, and you hear the wheels spinning. And he's like, what the hell? And he realized the car, the car is jacked up in the back, so it can't be driven. And the whole gang comes out and just starts. Beating the crap out of him. Yeah, it's like insane. And then, and then, like, it ends up being, like, this, you know, like, later on in the movie, like, Otto, so Otto spends most of the rest of the movie, like, with a big couple of bruises on his head, you know, and, you know, and when, and basically the other guys at the repo thing are like, who did this to you? We got to get back. And he's like, no, it's, you know, no, don't worry about it. It's not nothing, you know, and they, they basically shove him to the ground. Like, his friends shove him to the ground and threaten him. He's like, no. Somebody heard a repo man on the job. That doesn't happen. Right. And so they get together. Like he, he asks them to say who does it, and it's great because you don't, like I don't think you see him say it. No, he doesn't say it. I don't remember him it saying it. It just cuts to the next And it scene. cuts to them later, and they're all like, "It's it's it's Bud Light Miller and uh, and Oli, yeah, uh, you know, at the door of Otto's old boss. He just answers the door, <laughs> the, and they're the like, are you Mister So and So?' You know, and he's like, "Yeah, who is?" And they just beat the hell out of him. It's 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 pretty it's pretty great. And then and then they're leaving, and they're all partying and getting drunk in the car, driving around. You in know. the meantime, uh, um, what I, I was yeah. gonna do, and then they and they run into the Rodriguez brothers who are chasing 
the car again, the, the Malibu again, and they end up like driving the Rodriguez brothers off the road into like you know, and like they and they end up almost getting into a fight with the Rodriguez right. brothers, and they and they they and basically the Rodriguez brothers they always their 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 shtick is they basically repo these cars and then they just drive them around until like like they always are driving what are essentially their stolen cars because right. they don't own them, you know, and but this one they actually paid off, and so they're gonna get they're gonna like. They're going to basically – they call the cops on them later because they've damaged their property that they've actually paid the title on. And so that's the big fight between Oli and Bud we were talking about with Pletcher's knitting. And, like, that's ba- – basically all these things like that happen. I think there's a few other, like, random well, weirdnesses. The other good thing – well, then – so the the, the the Malibu drives off because they're tra- trying to chase the Malibu and they get interrupted by – the the four Bud and Light and Ollie, you know, whatever. And, and in the meantime, we've now switched to daytime. Yeah. It, ha- it was nighttime during this whole day. thing. Now it's daytime. And the Malibu is driving and uh, Otto sees it. And he starts chasing because after he's, Oh, after he got in a fight. Because yeah. after Harry Dean Stanton got in the big fight with Ollie and said he's never coming back, then he and Otto get in a, get in a big fight because yeah. he's basically, you know, like he's complaining about all the bums on the Bowery, basically. Right. You know, like like these, these like winos. And he's like, these people, like... I wish you could just find a way to figure out all their debt, figure out what they all owe. You know, right. he has this weird, like this weird, creepy, paranoid rant. And Otto's like, they're they're winos. They've yeah. got nothing. Yeah. What do you what do you want? You know, it's like you think they they like you know they think they have anything. Yeah. And 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 like and basically like Harry Dean Stanton's like, I thought I, I was trying to teach you. You know, he's like like basically you know it was. You know, it was was like it's the Obi-Wan saying to Darth Vader, you know, I trusted you. So so Otto leaves him in the car. Like he just gets out of the car. He was the one driving. He just stops the car and just walks away. Then he sees the Malibu, chases it down. Like, and he manages to catch up with it because the car is basically at this point in gear. Yeah. You know, it's not really, it's just rolling around. And and he gets in and Parnell is driving and he is just. He's he's, he's around the bend. Yeah, he's somewhere else. He's like talking about it. He's like, you know, um. And he's like talking about like basically how ba- how people don't understand radiation, you know. Like you could get a hundred chest X rays a year and be fine. In fact, I think you should. You know, I, I recommend it. And uh, you know, and, and lo- lobotomy. people getting lobotomies. And he's like, lobotomies. Like, oh yeah, you know. He's like, I had a friend who was a research scientist, you know, who got one. And he tells this story about how he, you know, all, his work was like twisted and corrupted and he lost his mind. And the only thing that could fix it was a lobotomy. And, and you know, he's like. And Otto's like, what kind of car did he drive? He's like, a Malibu. Yeah. You know, and, it, and, then, really and then, like, he basically, like, you know, and, and Otto's like, you know, you can I drive? Because, you know, this guy, <laughs> like, and I think we've all been in a situation where we're in a car with someone that shouldn't be driving. Yep. This is, like, the ultimate. Because this guy is losing his mind. He is so sweaty. He is so, like, just, that's why I think I thought Dennis Hopper was playing him. Because this guy was insane. Yeah. Just like Dennis Hopper. Like, actually insane. And, and you know, and he's, but he's, you know, he's like, what, what, I, I'm, you know, I'm fine. And all of a sudden he's like maybe you're right, and just collapses onto the steering wheel. And the car just, because it's only in gear, the car just rolls to a stop right before a wall. Now, I will will say this. There's only a very few amount of times that he gets out of this car. Most of the time, Jay's driving around. driving around. Now, if you go back Except to whenever me- he gets out for a moment to, like, go to the, to, like, pass right. out. He almost passes out at one point. That's you know, what I'm saying. So-, so when he gets on the phone with Layla, that one time he calls her from the other yeah. phone booth. But my point is that, if you really oh, think I forgot it. to mention one of the punks was by this point dissolved by the car, by the way, because <laughs> they tried when they stole it. We just forgot to say that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but but if you think back to what Miller said in his philosophy, he said that driving makes you stupid, and it's so interesting. Oh, yeah. That 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 if you watch this particular character, he almost never leaves his car, and he does and he, seem to get 
crazier. Dumber and crazier. I don't know if he's dumber, but he's definitely crazier. He's insane. He's saying lobotomies are a good thing. I mean, it's yeah, just, like it's, yeah, he's like talking about how his hemispheres aren't in communication anyway. And I mean, like, he's just you know, he's, he's just, just crying. Yeah, and so they, he does. He collapses. He hits his face essentially, and you see he's bleeding. And um, and Otto kind of goes. And this is this is why I love this movie because like in in a lesser movie that is not ready to be this way, Otto might like actually like put him like get out put him in the car and drive him to the hospital or something right. like that but no but Otto just basically picks him up and drops him on a park well not a park bench a bus bench bus bench you know and then drives the car off to the lot and locks it in the gate yep and then he goes to a party and then he goes to a party at Miller's house at Miller's house you know where, where we have where we meet the repo wives where we meet the who repo all who are all middle aged blonde hair. they're all middle aged blonde trashy women they I all mean, look they look almost like clones I mean it's just nasty it's like it's, it, just it, enough so curly feathered it's so perfect hair. that they're all oh just God, that same just level wrong. of sadness and Ugh. You know, but it but it's like it, it, it goes with like the whole aesthetic of the movie that everyone is like the you know, everyone's lives are like the same cookie cutter like even these repo men have like these cookie cutter lives, you know, even these supposed outlaw heroes are they're pretty pathetic. And the reason, by the way, I added the whole the, I, I I put interjected earlier about the the other punk who's right. like, with a voice like this Archie. Archie. You know, Archie gets disintegrated into boots, which is important, you know, because that freaks out uh Steve Grush. Yeah. <laughs> Duke. Love you, Steve, if you ever hear this. Uh, very good actor. He's, he's really amazing in Airline Highway going on yeah, right now at Steppenwolf. really amazing, uh, but, um But um, he, you know, he uh, basically, they like, that happens in, and Duke and, Duke and Debbie basically are like, yeah, because earlier they were like, let's go commit crimes. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, that's, like, the, that's line. Like the line. And, then the, and again, it's another movie where that line works in this movie. Yeah. It does not work in most movies. Well, because everything's because generic. Because everything's so generic and so heightened. Yeah. And these guys are such cartoons yes. as people that it's it, it, it ends up being so funny. And then, yeah. and then like, my favorite part is when they're like, you know, it's like, hey, Debbie's like, let's go do those crimes we were talking about. Right. And he's like, yeah, let's get sushi and... Not, not pay, pay. <laughs> which is probably my qu- most quoted line in this movie, even more so than talking about play to shrimps. Well, especially because it's in L.A. where sushi yeah. first started to become the most trendy. They're punks. They're who's punks who like sushi. Gonna, their idea of a crime, and that it fits them though, because yeah. you know, as now we can go to the next big scene is he gets out of the party and he runs into uh, Bud. Into Bud, and by the way, at this point, someone has taken the car out you of see, the lot. You see, click, and I'm you know it's. And then you see Bud driving, and I, I can't tell. I couldn't tell if it was Bud was actually driving the Malibu or if Bud was driving his 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 Chevy Caprice. Yeah. I believe is what he's driving, Caprice Classic, or something like you know. But you know, anyway, he runs into Bud, and he and Bud like have a talk. He's like, you know, like like Bud's like, I'm not mad at you, you know, and like whatever. And they and they go in at, to the the convenience, convenience store, store to to you know to get some drinks, and then. Boom! In come Debbie and Duke. They've got guns and they're gonna rob the place. And, and then- I just have to say this: Debbie is wearing the most badass trench coat. It's so eighties, silvery. It's eighties, like g- dark gray, silver shimmer. Like it looks like it was created with duct tape, but in a good way. It's awesome. I I don't. I'm not a fashion girl. Hello. Clearly not. Clearly not. She, she's wearing a polar bear pajama pants and a hoodie that's from the play Wicked that her mother bought her at a production once. I'm clearly the most fashionable person out there, obviously. But I have to say, I saw this trench coat and I was like, I want that. I I want Debbie's trench coat. And I and I'm embarrassed to say that the there's a scene where in the early in the film where Kevin the nerd 
is uh is sitting with uh with Otto and Kevin's basically dressed like I dress. Yeah. He's wearing even, like even Converse high tops. Down to the Chuck. Yeah, like Chuck. Yes, yep. Chuck Taylors and 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 cuffed jeans, yep. and he's got nerd glasses. Although his nerd glasses are much they're thicker than mine. They're like Coke bottle glasses. Yeah, they're ridiculous. You know, they're real thick. Like you know, they're like piggy glasses that could start a fire. Um, which I believe he has in all of his movies. So I think they must be real. He has like kind of a lazy eye. Uh, but yeah. Fits his character. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So. Go ahead. So they're in the convenience store. So they're in the convenience store, and, store and it turns into this crazy-ass standoff because all through the movie, Bud has been talking about how repo men don't use guns and, you know, whatever. And it turns out even Bud is a hypocrite because he has a gun. He pulls a gun on them. A The security guard from the grocery store is in there in his security guard uniform. He pulls a gun, you know, and it's like everyone's pulling guns. It's like, it's, it, again, it's kind of like the end of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, like, I think Tarantino must have been a big fan of this. But then he's a big fan of every movie right, ever. True. So, you know. Throw a dart, so, you'll hit a movie he's yeah, seen. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and, you know, like, so it ends up being one of those things where Debbie shoots, or either Debbie or Duke shoots uh, shoots uh, Bud and hits him, like, in the ear. Yeah. And he falls over and he knocks over a bunch of ketchup. So there's red everywhere. It's very funny. <laughs> you know, and then... Um, the security guard, like, shoots. No, get no. Debbie shoots the security guard, and then the security guard shoots. Uh, goes to shoot. Uh, uh, Duke. Duke shoots him. And then uh, the the clerk, clerk has a has a rifle. He pulls up, shoots. Debbie shoots the clerk. But the sh- clerk shoots Duke. Shoots Duke. I'm sorry, I didn't make that clear. Shoots Duke. So right now at this point, the guard is down, probably dead. Gus is down question mark. Gus God. is down. Gus. God. I'm sorry. I just watched Breaking Bad. <laughs> Bud is Bud down. Bud is down. I keep calling him Gus today. Um, and uh, the the clerk is down. The only two people standing are Debbie and, and Otto. Otto. And Otto goes, so I guess uh, there's not much of a chance we're going to start dating now, right? Yeah, basically he's like, I can make you a repo wife. <laughs> I can make you a repo wife. And she goes like she just was like not a chance, and yeah. she throws him, she throws him a pie, bag of popcorn, you know. And she leaves, so she leaves him standing. And she leaves, and he's nice. just standing there, you know. But, and, and, he, he goes, and he goes over to his buddy Duke, Duke. you know, and you know Duke's like, uh, and he, and it's great because I've watched enough fifties B movies to know this is this is straight up one of those those fifties B movie moments where like the the juvenile delinquent talks about how like his like he, the mistakes he made in his life of crime and how society you know drove him to this and everything like that. You know, and and Otto Otto basically like at this point has seen enough of life, you know, and in this movie to be like, no, no, you shut up, you know, you're you know you're just another you're just another boring suburban punk like me, you know, which is true. That's what they're, the, the, the the these punks are boring people, you know, which is sadly true. Like, and I I'm talking you're talking to someone who like punk rock with his was his life for several years, you know, and I'm glad for it. But the honest truth is. It much like every subculture, it's mostly full of boring people, you know, who think they're who think that they've got a personality because of their clothes, and that's you know very much the, these three, you know, and oh my god, and by the way, I totally forgot the another great slam on the whole world of like selling out and punk culture was earlier in the movie when they're in that in that restaurant, not that restaurant, that bar, that cocktail place, and uh, there's a band playing on stage, and they're playing it's the Circle Jerks in suits playing a loungy cover of their song shit hits the fan right you know and uh 
and uh and Otto just looks like I can't believe I used to like these guys <laughs> which is so dead on perfect about like just the idea of just selling out and being like just, you know and how everyone ends up doing it even the so badass punks Duke you know is dying and basically and, he says he says to him he's like uh Otto reaches down and, and he's like it's okay you're gonna be okay man and then he kind of like makes this and he goes <laughs> he's like oh maybe, maybe not, not. <laughs> <laughs> which is another great laugh this movie's got a lot of really good solid laughs it's a very funny movie so, and you, so you, you sort of figure out that Bud is okay and uh Otto takes off and you, the next thing you see is he's back at the repo lot and inside are two of the blonde haired guys and Marlene. Marlene's the, Viv the, Yeager is one of the two, actually, yes. I believe. And Marlene was the woman who, at the you know early on, was the one that gave him the $25. And she the, also, uh, in another scene, you realize she is connected in some way with the uh, with the Rodriguez brothers, too. Right. You, you just know. don't quite know how. And like, she's playing like she's just a double agent almost. Yeah. She's like, they're, she's like they're, they're receptionist. You can trust no one. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she's like the office person. She's like the office person in there, you know, in there that handles their books, probably. And right. And then, at, and then at the same time, you know, she's double agenting with the, with the the Rodriguez brothers. So she's in there and they're after her and, and Otto wants to go in and Pletchner is like, no, you know, don't be the chicken man. Which don't I be, don't, no, you don't want to be the hero. You want to be the chicken, chicken man. man. Oh, right, right, right. You want to be, yeah. And he's like, forget that. And he like busts in. And just in enough time to see Marlene become the best badass oh, she ever. She out of these the guys. shit out of these guys. Now, admittedly, I, I, I think I could beat the shit out of a 1984 Biff Yeager. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he's a big, he's a working class looking Joe, but he's mostly a fat guy. So, you know, um, and he's not an arm wrestling fat. And she, like, uh, she takes you know, off like, out, like, out the, the side top. door and, and Otto follows her and then they end up um, getting they go to they go to visit Bud in the hospital. No, 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 no. Before that, they they get they remember he gets taken to be tortured. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. They I completely the forgot. Moment. Yeah. So so we don't quite know how they get. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow uh, they Lila, get captured. Layla Lila gets captured and she's tortured, but then she turns to them almost immediately. Yeah. And realizes they've got a kit because like. I guess their rationale that she believes is these alien carcasses are basically rotting in in the back of this trunk, and who knows what they're going to turn into, and you know, like, they're going to turn into mush. They're yeah. going to turn into mush. Is basically what she's. Oh, she's she's, so she's not Audrey from, <laughs> from <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. She's like Audrey from from Little Shop. No, she's no, she she annoying voice. She's she Frenchy like this. From you guys are so annoying. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> She's cousin it. So um she's now working with Metal Hand and um and they have and they have Otto on like laying flat and they've like put probes on him. Oh yeah, they're torturing him. They're torturing. And the best thing is he says he I love what she says because yeah. it is so perfectly stupid authority figures. You know, she's like basically she's like I'm sorry for this. Uh, you know, I don't have time. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to torture you. And he's like, I'll tell you what you want to know. He like he doesn't, <laughs> he like, care. doesn't even and, care. And she, and, and and then she asks him about like the, where the Malibu is, and he says, I don't know, which is the truth. And she's like torturing him anyway. Yeah, and he's like, particular. like like he's like, no, I don't like because he doesn't care. Otto really does not care. That's one of his major character traits. And like. Like that's, I think that's how he's ended up in this life because he's letting it just suck him along to like whatever because he's like, he's just having fun like living with the chaos of it all. And then the Rodriguez brothers bust in and 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 rescue him him with Marlene with Marlene and and they're like, oh, he's getting away, he's getting away, and she's like, no, it's all part of the plan. Metal Hand says it's all part of the plan. That's not how she talks, but that's how I imagine her to talk. um... And they they (laughs) all get in the Rodriguez brothers' car, and take off to go to the hospital. And the Rodriguez brothers now have Uzis because it's 1984. Of course, and they show up to visit Bud because they think Bud knows where the car is, or or or, or, but Bud's like they're just to visit him. They're there just to visit him. He's laying there, and Bud's like out. 
like like or really like doped up and he's got a bandage over his head and as they walk in the the well, right before that when they walk in the uh hospital you see irish lady the one that was yelling at him with the trash and the thing and i swear you're the boy who, yeah, who ran into the trash before she opens her mouth because before we saw her she was in more of a long shot now we see her kind of more close up I, I take one look at her and I, I do recognize that she's wearing the same dress and it is the same woman but now that you've seen her close up it's like Dr. Ruth, Ruth Westheimer had a twin sister who's Irish. And, and, and about a foot taller. Yeah, and about a foot taller. But it's like, she, I mean, she walks like her. She looks like it was very weird. It's a very weird resemblance. And then she gave really sexy advice and it was very creepy. It was, uh, yes. Yeah. God, man, Dr. Ruth was a big thing in the 80s and I can't remember the last time I thought about her. Yeah. So, I think I think about Jocko, the new Energizer guy, more they, than her. They 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 ask Bud, you know, where you know they they don't they don't know where the car is, and then they go back to see Bud again. They have a shootout in the in the like, in the stairwell. Bud over Bud overhears because uh, there's that that televangelist is yes. on the TV, and Bud overhears uh, this whole thing about like this pray for this woman whose car was stolen and if you have any information send it you know which is another part of the don't trust anyone and everyone in the authority because obviously you know like this is a scam to, to find the car to find the car you know because the, the car's every, worth twenty thousand and it's worth obviously something else everyone's yeah. hunting for it for their own for reasons, their own reasons. It's, it's like it's, it's like it's yeah it's you know it's this central thing and then like and bud hears that and he's like you know, gets shocked, and then you, and then you, ba- like, and then you basically see this whole like chase of all, all these. It, this is where it turns into kind of it's a mad, 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 yeah. mad world because they're all like going. Every, everyone's getting into cars and trying to find like it's like the end, like the last twenty minutes of it's a mad, mad, mad world. They're just all racing as fast as they can to get to get to you know there. Um, at one point, uh, the the Malibu drives by, and at this point, the Malibu is glowing, glowing green. And uh, what well, apparently, like. It, that's not really a special effect. What they did with the car was they actually painted it with this really expensive day glow paint that like picks up light, and you can really tell like later in the movie yeah, when, when you get, you get close closer up. to it. But like, and the car shoots off lightning bolts at this point. Like people who try to get too crazy. close to it, it's like the Ark of the Covenant kind of. Very It'll bizarre. actually, my God, this car is the Ark of the Covenant. You open it up and like you get you get melted. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. So, it's basically Raiders of the Lost so Ark. So Bud is inside this car, but we don't know that yet. What we see, we just know that it's driving around. And then we see Metal Hand. She stops all the cars that are coming out of the garage of the, the yeah, hospital. They're, they're, yeah, they're they're all they're all they're all uh, they're all cornered by all the blonde uh, mirrored glasses CIA people. Uh, you know, they're gonna get captured. Uh, like there's like everyone has machine guns on them and these guys it's really funny because you know you normally expect with the government agency people they're always depicted as being quiet and uh, you know like stern these guys are like just taunting them like yeah. oh, chickens way to go you screwed up you know so like it's 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 very it's, it's it's kind of funny because it kind of shows like these authority figures are really nothing more than the the same bullies you'd see every day anywhere right. you know it's like again this movie has a, such a strong anti-authoritarian like don't trust anyone so you know? they get they get out of the that they get out of there. I cannot even remember how they escape. I remember how they escape. Like, escape. I, I, I literally, like, Doesn't I just even realized. Matter. I've seen this movie Let's so just, many times. Suffice it to say, they escape. and I think somehow, they hear a report of the car being somewhere else. And, and, like... and Otto shows up and sees Bud. And Bud is in the car. And he and he goes up to the car to talk to him. And now he's not getting zapped by all the things that everybody else is getting. And Bud somehow got in this car, green, glowing, crazy car. And above Otto's head you see a helicopter oh wait and, 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 and at this point they're in the lot and you know like and, and, and Otto's like you know but but you know you gotta get out you know like get out of this car it's you know like come on you know he's like listen you know it's like I, I, I 
I think, you know, I found the car, but, you know, we can split, we'll split, we'll split the 60-40 because, you know, and he's like, 60-40 is going to get, well, I found the car, so, and then Bud pulls out a gun, so I think you're going to get 60, yeah, you know. you'll get the 60. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, basically this helicopter, this mysterious who knows what, you know, helicopter basically says to get out and step away from the car and everything like that, and, and there's this whole thing, like, Bud is, like, given up on, like, you know, like, all of his values are shot, nothing means anything anymore. You know, and this car is like he's going to use this car to get the hell away, you know, but there's no real way to, to get do, away. To no, get away. Yeah. And, he, you know, he ends up stepping out of the car and is gunned down from the helicopter. Right. Uh, you know, and he's not dead. At Which this is point. crazy. But, no, but, well, he's shot mostly in the stomach. Yeah, but still. But, you know, like, yeah, but yeah, he's hit by a machine gun and, you know, like he's all bloody and he's laying on the ground. And, you know, it's like, you know, and everyone shows up. Like, everyone shows up yeah, all at right once. Right at this moment. Like, the whole crowd of people. Um, Light comes over and is like, hey, hey, bud, you know, hey, bud, you want a beer? You know, and Bud's like, no, smoke, you know. And so, like, Light is leaning over him, helping him smoke a cigarette. And everyone's, like, gathered around the car. And it's, like, all these guys in radiation suits who have been throughout the movie taking away all these bodies. Oh, by the way, in the hospital, he saw Kevin, who's severely radiation poisoned. Right. There's just people dropping like flies all over the city because there's so much radiation. And Um, and and, all of a sudden, out of the crowd. Oh, wait. wait, wait, But, like, like, so these guys are, like, afraid to touch it. And they're, like, one of them bursts into flames, if I remember correctly. And then, like, like, the televangelist shows up. Flanked on one side yes. by like a Catholic priest, and on the other side by a rabbi, who's by the way played by Mike Nesmith, uh, executive producer of, the, of this. Uh, you know, and here they so, come. Yeah, the, yeah, this movie was built <laughs> b- was built on the fortune of liquid paper, <laughs> definitely. Um, and you know, they come in and they they are also too terrified to come. And there's a little bit of trivia I learned apparently during the filming of this. The uh, the the you know cast the crew ran into Muhammad Ali. Oh. You know, this is pre-Parkinson, Muhammad Ali. You know, he could actually walk around and talk. You know, like he was just like running an errand in L.A. And they talked, like they they offered him to have like a small role in the movie, and he originally agreed. And they wrote part the the scene like when the what was going to happen was everyone was going to be too afraid to go to the car. You know, those priests, the rabbi, and the minister go, you know, run away from it in, in terror. Well, and, and the Bible, when, like, Yeah, the blows Bible up bursts. Yeah, oh, the car blows up the Bible, yeah. and they all run away. And um, and in the end, it was Muhammad Ali was going to walk out of the crowd and walk up to it and be okay with it. Muhammad Ali probably wisely said no yeah. to that. Um, you know, but instead you get... Um, you know, at this point, you get Miller. Miller comes over to the car, and everyone's like, "Get back!" You know, and like, you know, there's wind blowing, and it's like, you know, it's kind of like the end of Ghostbusters almost. <laughs> it's just chaos is going on. Dogs, cats living with each other, you know. And and Miller just calmly walks over, looks at it, opens the door, and gets inside. You know. You know, and Bud's like, "Man, what are you doing? What are you doing?" And you don't Otto, drive. And Otto's like, "You don't know how to drive," and he's like. He's like, what did he say? What is it? I don't even know what he says. I think he basically says something, you know, like, you know, like, I think like it was I like. I do now or I something. Do, like, yeah. yeah, right. It's, I figured it's time. Or like, or something, something like that. Something like that. But the best part is that And he then he's like, hey, Otto. Hey, Otto. And he, like, gestures to him. And Otto also is able to step into the car with him. And then, <laughs> and again, this is like, 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 who knows, like. What the. Like, Brandon. maybe Otto was right. You know, because what happens is the car just elevates. You mean Miller. Miller, right. uh, yeah. Miller was right all the whole time because the car then elevates into the air, and Otto's looking at it. It's, it's some very cheesy effects. They're very funny. In fact, I I'm mean, fairly it's certain. Almost... I'm fairly certain when the car was first elevating because it's so dark, except for the Dayglow car. I'm fairly certain it was on one of those, you know, those uh, magnetized uh, but, cranes. But, but 
if you've seen Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, oh, yeah. <laughs> it literally is the last scene of that movie. Yeah, it kind of is. They're like up in the air and they're, and they're waving at the world. And then and, and, like Otto looks out the window and he's kind of like, awesome. You know, it's, it's very, and, you know, and like, and they're flying around LA and it's basically like, it's kind of like a helicopter shot sped up. They're flying around LA and whatever. And, and he's like, wow, like what the heck's going on? I was like, I can't believe what's going on. And Miller said something like, yeah, you know, the life of a repo man, it's always crazy. Always <laughs> you know, intense. always it's always intense. That's yeah, he says, This is intense. He's like, the life of a repo man is always intense. And then the car goes into hyperspace and, and we get credit. Oh, I forgot to say, whenever he goes, Oh, we, we missed the best part just about ever of that, you know, is when Layla and, and Otto are together oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. and Miller calls calls him over. She, uh, he gets up to go, and, and Layla's like, what about us? He's like, us? She, 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 and she's she like, goes, us! We have a relationship! And he just looks at goes, fuck that! Yeah, and just, just goes, which I would agree with, because she's done nothing but wow. harm him. She, You know, like, he tries to, like, have sex with her in just the innocent way of tearing his clothes off at her place of work, and she doesn't want it. You know, and then she gets him tortured, you know. and She then, smacks him a few times. She smacks him a few times, you know. You know, like so. Basically, the movie ends with uh, with the car with Miller and Otto going off on adventures. And there's there was some speculation that there was gonna like at, at, there was times talking of a sequel. There's been unofficial sequels to because, this movie because basically roads. We don't need, need roads. roads. I mean, and by the way, this movie predates. Like. Of course, it does. Uh, Back to the Future. What you know, and it's a time movie. machine, <laughs> possibly, it, possibly. That's my point. But apparently, John just caught up. We're yeah, good. yeah, I, I, I know. So, but apparently. <laughs> But I, I, I was helping the audience catch up. The <laughs> fictional audience who's even dumber than I am. No, so not. Well, the fictional audience. Oh, the fictional yeah, audience. Yeah, so, okay. God, catch up to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like, I, I supposedly, like, there have been a couple of unofficial, I've never seen them, uh, unofficial uh, sequels to this. I think there's a movie called Repo Chicks. Um, I, I, like, I, Maybe the maybe I think there's a movie called Repo Men. Yeah, that, and then there's a well, there's a horror movie called a, Repo Men. That was but that's what uh, those I, are, uh, or Repo. Maybe that's Repo Men. I can't remember. Anyway, I haven't seen any of the other things. I thought with that's Repo what we were going to be watching. Was was the it's okay movie. when I was younger. I actually like like before I had seen this movie. I didn't see this movie in the '80s. I saw this movie in the '90s. But like before, like when someone first suggested this movie to me, you know, and they're like, it's got Emilio Estevez, and it's you know, like uh, uh, I thought they were talking about uh, Men at Work. I believe is the movie. Oh yeah. You know, with him and Charlie Sheen as garbage men or yeah. whatever. So that's what I thought this movie was. I was confusing those movies that's for a really while funny. until I actually saw it. And I'm like, oh, thank God, this is much better than that looked. But, but, but. So anyway, um, there, there was the uh, supposedly one of the unofficial sequel ideas that never happened was that Otto ends up going to South America and becoming a revolutionary, like when he comes back to Earth. Mm. You know, when when Major Tom comes back and is now a junkie, I, I guess. You know, in the se- the the sequel that never happened. Uh, but um, I'm glad there was never a sequel because. This is this movie to me is lightning in no, a bottle. No, kind of just yeah, just stands Alec, on its own. Uh, well, Alex Cox never came close to reproducing. Some, some people really like Sid and Nancy. I think Sid and Nancy is a lot of overblown crap. I agree. And I feel like Sid and Nancy tries to copy the same ending where they drive off into the into heaven together. You know, it it, it, it it's a spoiler. Sid and Nancy they drive off into heaven together. Basically, yeah. uh, terrible shitty movie. Um, Gary Oldman does a good job of playing uh, the 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 role the media version of uh, Sid Vicious, but it's just not a very good movie. All right, John. Um, so I have a question for you. I have a question for you. Was this movie worth revisiting? Oh, my God, yes. I, it's one of those movies that every time I watch it, I'm like, why have I not watched And I haven't seen this movie in probably over a decade. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why have I not been watching this movie more often? I love this movie. Mm-hmm. I it, It's got a great soundtrack. It's got, It's so, like, even the dumb bad parts of it 
feel like they're dumb and bad to be dumb and bad. It's right. a great movie. I mean, it's 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 got like overwhelmingly positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm not insane. This isn't like a movie that like like Roger Ebert loved it. You know, like this isn't this isn't a movie that like you know that like is like so bad it's good. I think it's a a movie that's that's brilliantly bad. Like mm-hmm. when it's bad. You know, like, and, and, and it's legitimately good. I mean, Harry Dean Stanton does an amazing performance. I, again, it's the, Emilio Estevez, it's the part he was born to play. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the way Keanu Reeves is so good as uh, Theodore Ted S. Logan, because he's basically playing himself. This is that, you know, it's, it's like that same, it doesn't need to have a lot of depth, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, it's, you know, I, I love it. I mean, it's got, it's got, it's so wacky. It's so crazy. You're always catching like little bits and pieces of like the weirdness of it. And it just, it just has this great feel of like, like the awful selfish Reagan eighties, you know, and I've never even been to LA, but this is kind of how I imagine LA to be, you know, and I I don't think I'm too far off. (laughs) And, you know, I would ask you, Allie, was this worth watching? Yeah. So, um, weirdly enough, so one of the things that you and I have talked about is that in a way <laughs> our this this podcast is showing each other sort of the semi-obscure movies of the 80s. Yeah, and, it's, and it's almost a way to show movies that we'd never be able to talk the other one into watching otherwise. Exactly. Like, I, I feel like sometimes it's going to be these, like, B movies that are not so great, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But this one I really do feel was, like, a cult – it's a cult classic to the point where I, I, I am sort of surprised that it's not more widespread, widely known. And maybe oh, it, it is. It, it, oh, wait. Honey, honey, maybe honey, it, it has is. a Criterion edition. It's it's actually – it's, it's fairly well, respectable. I'm assuming – I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's not, like – you think of you know I mean it, it wasn't this blockbuster hit it had very little budget it oh was yeah very, no, you know no, what I mean like it, it was, wasn't a hit it's no. definitely like yeah it's like a cult classic like that but it was it was well reviewed I mean it did, right. I believe it did decent so, business uh, but, so you know. yeah so my point is that was it worth watching yeah it was really worth watching it's it's actually not surprising that it was worth watching it's compelling it's it's a good it's I want I can't say it's a good story because it's not really a good well, story because well, uh, that doesn't a, matter the story is that's meaning, my point that's not the point it's, of the movie. That's what all. I'm saying yeah. is that that. No, I'm agreeing. I, with I'm you. just gonna finish the. I'm gonna finish answering the question. So, I don't think. I think the history of this podcast has shown that you can't finish a sentence any more than I can. <laughs> my baby, because you interrupt me. I interrupt but, myself. You really do. It's true. So, um, so what? Yeah, it's definitely worth watching. It's definitely a movie that I would say you don't even have to like watch it with any sort of, uh, um, like. Not like you know, wear the visor shame of any kind. I don't know why we're wearing a visor. Well, it gives you well no, no, shame, there, there but... is a bit. There is a bit of a dirty shamefulness to. Let's face it, girls just want to have fun. Yes, exactly. And with Commando, it's like I have to say, it's good. It's a good action movie. Yeah. Because, but there's no like. But it, like, it's... like if you don't like action movies, you're going to be ashamed of watching Commando. I do, so yeah. I'm not. But like this, I, this but... movie actually has a lot more to it, and I, it, I it yeah, is I'll, one I'll that go I to feel like I'll it. go. Yeah, like I would actually say this is a good movie in in enough that I want to go back and see all where all the little things that I maybe I'm giving Alex Cox way too much credit for, but I don't think I am. The no, I think I think he, I think, this I think is he's like, specifically. I feel like this is the movie in. that he actually like. This is that movie he was born to make. Yeah, and he's one of those people that like. Like he shot his wad and he never really he never really met that again, you know. And, you know, let's face it, some people do that. Like I I I like other things I've read by Joseph Heller, but the man never Ugh. was gonna top catch twenty two. That's the best book. You know, but like you know, it's that same thing though. Sometimes you have that one thing that is your magnum opus yeah. and you do it and yeah, you may do other things and they and again, like 
there there are people who will argue Sid and Nancy is a better movie. They're wrong, but there are people who will argue that. You know, uh, there. You know, I don't know that there's anyone that's going to argue for Straight to Hell or Walker. I mean, I like watching Straight to Hell, but Straight to Hell's terrible. No, I think you know? this one definitely far surpasses Sid and Nancy, and it's a much better oh, movie God, all around. It and it has a bunch. And, and as weird as this this sounds, what he's trying to do, the more simplistic the storyline, which is exactly what this is, actually makes this movie make make it better because all the other satire and all the other stuff actually is the highlight of this yeah, movie. Yeah, like it's it's and mostly I, these again it's picaresque. Yeah. It's like, uh, the thing is it it they the characters are so interesting and goofy and crazy. I like sitting like this movie could probably have been 4 or 5 hours long and I I mean yeah, I'd probably have to take breaks, but I probably watch I probably just watch these guys without a plot. Yeah. Like just living their weird lives because it's so like like it's mundane, but it's an interesting, crazy sort of mundane yeah. where like they're they're doing speed in cars and staying up all night to like steal things and it's just you weird. know they're you know they're they're they they're, they they have this weird camaraderie, but they don't really like each other and it it, it just it, it 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 rings true to while while being completely unbelievable and farcical, it's there are parts of it that weirdly ring true to human relationships. That's the most pretentious thing I have said all day. Yeah. <laughs> Bound to happen one of these days, babe. So Every day I, I say something pretentious that just happened to be on tape. I, I, so tape? <laughs> what am I? What is this? Nineteen forty-three. Apparently, it is but, nineteen. Put the eighties. Put the rail to rail. They didn't have tape in nineteen forty-three. <laughs> I don't know time. Hi. <laughs> I just stepped out of a Malibu. Um, I was going to say that. Um, you know, what's interesting? Taking it off of this movie and, and into just our podcast for a second, I would just like to say that what's been really kind of enjoyable about doing these back and forth. Show, me show you a movie you show me a movie I'll show you mine you show me yours um, we're now at a point where we've each shown each other two, two movies. movies so we're gonna kind of break the pattern a little bit here except that it's actually a super sophisticated pattern ooh, doo, doo, doo. and and we're gonna go into our next episode is actually gonna be a movie that both of us have seen right but it's not but it's not well known no exactly and that's what, we, what we're planning to do is we're gonna do the pattern of I show Allie a movie, she shows me a movie. Other way back, uh, uh, well, either way, it doesn't matter. Those two first, it doesn't matter, not important. And But every fifth episode, we're going to do a movie that either we've both seen and we really want to talk about, probably because it's obscure or because it's just crazy or something, or a movie that neither of us have seen that we feel like we should have. Yes, yes. You know, depending, like, if it's, like, just something where we're like, how did we both miss this? How did we both this? miss this one? Right, exactly. You know, like, so, so um, we like, just thought we Like, if of... I can get a copy of The Black Cauldron, I am definitely want, want that to be one. Because I've, I've never seen it, and I've heard it's terrible, but amazingly terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's a big-budget Disney flop and their first real animated failure. Yeah. You know, so I'd love to see that, but we don't have a copy we of that. We don't have a copy of that. Yeah. So, Anyone wants to send me a copy, you let me know. Okay. <laughs> you know, and... Contact uh, us at... Uh, and you can actually <laughs> contact us... This is since we might as well say this now oh, yeah, uh, we good. have we have additional contact information which at this point we'll we'll have had for quite some time unless we start releasing these faster uh because you know we're actually four episodes in the can and we just launched the the, the first one yesterday yeah um, but now we have uh, a twitter pay twitter handle as well uh you know at match made in oh no i'm sorry no, no. at mmis podcast because that wouldn't have fit otherwise and uh, you, you know you can follow us there where we'll give we'll be starting to give updates. I haven't really put much up there yet, you know, but we haven't really had much to, to to say yet, you know. And if you have any questions, you can you can tweet us there. You can go to the email matchmadeinspace at gmail dot com. You know, as always, the website is matchmadeinspace dot com, and hopefully. 
by the time you hear this one, oh we goodness, better be on, better iTunes, be on iTunes because I, I submitted it, you know, like, you know, yesterday, yeah. uh, you know, and I don't think there's anything insane that should keep us off iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, we've got public domain th- <laughs> theme music that I made on GarageBand with like with loops, right. you know, that's terrible. And I apologize for how bad it is. But, you know, that's. I'm not paying royalties, you know, and, uh, you know, we've got nothing. We, we don't even have quotes from the movie yet. Although no. maybe, maybe I'll do some of those for review purposes later if I, you know, get less lazy. But anyway, lazy. I guess, uh, you know, unless you have something else to say, uh, we yeah. have been. Uh, we are Match Made in Space signing off. Adios. Adios.